All right, so we don't have too much time for that, uh, that schmooze, but let's go. Okay, today's daf is daf chav hey, page 25 in Meseches Tainus. And we are in middle of the story where um, we, we were learning the, about the tremendous miracles that took place with Rabbi Hanina ben Daisa and his family. And the particular story that we began is that Rahim Medaisa's wife, out of embarrassment, used to leave the oven on, and one time the neighbor knocked on her door, and she went to the back room, and when she came out with the, with the challah remover, the oven had been full of challah in order to uh, protect her from embarrassment, and the Gemara says, we ended off with Tana, we learned that she actually, once there was a knock on the door, she actually went to get the challah remover because she was so used to having these, these um, revealed miracles happen for her. So we're middle of that story and now we're up to the words Amra Lei Debisu. About eight lines from the top of the page, the last word on the line is Amra. Okay? So we're middle of this story of Rabbi Hanina ben Daisa's wife. So we had this miracle happen for her and Amrli the Bisu, Rahidim and Daisa's wife, said to him, Listen, it's very hard for me to live like this. How long is it going to go on for? I, we can't live with nothing, eating a fig from Friday to Friday. Amrla, my Nabat, what do you want me to do? That we should have enough, we should have money. And something in the form of a hand came down from Shemayim. And it handed him the golden leg of a table. Okay? He could go now sell this and they will be rich. They just won the lottery. This is going to be amazing. And um, he saw in a dream. That in the future... Meaning, in Eilam Haba, in the world to come, there are going to be um, tzaddikim sitting at a table of gold. The Islay Tlas Kari that has three legs. But you are sitting at a table with two legs. Amrlei. So his wife said to him, Achidim and Dais's wife says, Are you happy? Everybody's sitting at a a uh, good table, absurd de Mishlam, at a complete table, and we're sitting at a table that is lacking. They asked his wife, he said, Listen, Baruch Hashem, we got a golden leg. Yeah, we're going to be able to support ourselves. This is going to be amazing. But just keep in mind, everything in life has a trade off. Everything's a trade off. And we're going to have it here, but we're not going to have it for eternity. We'll have it for the limited time we are in this world, and that's it. Says, listen, I prefer to have a golden leg, uh, you know, for uh, infinitely as opposed to just a few years that we're in this world. What should we do? He says, uh, you know, we should daven. She says, daven that it should that it should be taken back to Shemayim. The hand came and took it. Tana, we learned. The second miracle of taking back the leg was even greater. Then the miracle of giving the leg to Gemiri, because we have a halacha l'mayish misina, we have passed down from Maisha, to meyahiv yahave mishka leishaki, that whenever Kaddish Baruch Hu gives something, it's already given, and it is not taken back. Okay? So we have a, 
uh, story giving us, and we're going to keep going about the tremendous miracles and just the, the um, realm that Rabbi Chaim and Daisa and his family lived in, which was so different than obviously what we are used to. But notice, there's a trade-off, and we have to learn to strive to live in the world of eternity as opposed to the temporary world. Says the Gemara, one time on a Friday night, he saw that his daughter was downcast, was saddened. He says to her, Viti, my beloved daughter, for what reason are you sad? She says to him, This is an often quoted Gemara, right? It's a well known story. She says, By mistake, I took the vinegar and uh, poured it for the oil and I lit Shabbos candles with it. You hear this? It already lit. She, by mistake, she put vinegar instead of oil. Now, it shouldn't have lit in the first place. But she says it lit, and, uh, but I know, it's, uh, listen, it's not, it's not going to keep lit. It's not going to keep, uh, keep at it. It can't hold a flame, uh, vinegar. Omar la biti Who cares? Me, Shomar la shem Who decided that oil should burn? The Eibishter. Don't worry about it. The same way, everything is a miracle and oil burning is a miracle, so too, HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have your vinegar burn. Tana, we learned. That candle lasted so long that they were able to light the Havdalah candle 26 hours later. Unless he was Hasidish, maybe it was even longer. Yeah, maybe he was at the Shalashudas Tish, I'm not sure. But they, it lit so long that they're able to light the Abdullah candle from it. What do you see from here? The f- famous Ramban in Parshas Bai, that there's really no such thing as nature. We say there's mother nature, right? It's an American expression that there's miracles and then there's nature. What you see from here is no, even the smallest parts of nature are really covered over miracles and we just got used to it. For example, for example, you tell a kid who's born in the Midbar. Some kid's born during the 40 years in the wilderness. He's born one year into the Midbar. He's now 39 years old, and he's going into Eretz Yisrael. And he's commanded, work the land, because the grain's going to grow from the land, and the, the rain is going to come from Shemayim. He says, what? Whoever heard of rain, water coming from heaven? Never heard of such a thing. Whoever heard of food growing from the ground? Never heard of such a thing. Because for the 39 years that he was alive in the desert, guess what happened? The food came from heaven and the water came from the earth. Because they had a well coming from earth and the man came down from heaven. That just became his nature. It wasn't a miracle to a kid born in the de- desert. And then he walks into Eretz Yisrael. All of a sudden, food grows on the ground? What? Water comes from the heavens? What? We just get used to it. So really, everything is a miracle. And this is the message that Rechim Medais is giving his daughter and the message that the Gemara is pointing out to us as well. Rechim Medais had goats, and they told him, you got to get rid of your goats. They are being mafsid, our, our land. Omar, he says, if they're damaging you, if they're ruining your land, let the beers come and eat up my goats. He didn't believe them. The Eli, and if it's not true, then each goat, Taisi Orta, should bring home this tonight, Duba, a dive, a beer, Bikarniyasa on its horns. 
meaning they were questioning to him about his livestock. Achimelech says, I don't believe you. I don't believe that my livestock damaging your field. You're making up a Baba Maisa as a story. And if what you're saying is correct, then let nature run its course and let the bears eat up my goats. Otherwise, let my goats kill the bears and come home with a bear on their horns and kachaba. That is what happened. There was a woman, the Kabanya Besa, who was building a home, and the, the kishurim, the beams, weren't fit for the size of her house. She came to Rabbi and she said to him, I'm building my house and I got a problem. He says to her, listen, Rabbitson, what's your name? Amr she says, Ayeku. My name is Ayeku. Amar, he says, Ayeku, you, Ayeku, nimtu, it should touch, kishurayich, your beams. Tana, and we learned, Higiu, that the beams touched, Adshayatza, Amalekan, Amalekan, where they got so long that it, it extended one and a half to two feet on each side. The Yeshem, some say, Snifim Asuyim, that um, they were actually um, made of a sniff, is like a compartment, right? There were more compartments that were added, meaning it wasn't just, it's not that the beam became extended, but there were more parts that just w- were added to the beams to make them fit in. Tanya, we learned in a Brisa, um, Plimu Aimer, Plimu says, I personally was in that house. And I saw it sticking out a foot and a half, two feet on each side. And it was told to me, You know why this house is so unique? It, this is the house of that story. <coughs> Listen to this. Nechimah had these goats that his neighbors were complaining about. They said, oh, they're ruining our field. Says what's... I thought he was poor. Yeah? He was poor as a show mouse. He ate a fig from Friday to Friday. Okay? If he had so much goats, I mean, didn't he have some element of parnasa? Where did he get these goats from? He was poor. You shouldn't raise behemadakas, these young animals in Eretz because they might come to graze in other people's fields. So listen to this story. Here's what happened. There was a person who popped in on Rabbi Hanina's home. And when he got up to leave, by mistake, he left behind some chickens. And Rabbi Hanina's wife found them. And he says to her, Do not eat from their eggs. And um, they, they, uh, they didn't eat the eggs, and those eggs hatched chickens. And it was becoming, a, uh, it was becoming annoying. It was becoming tired. It was becoming a pain in the neck to hold on to the chicken. So what did Chaniyah ben Daisa do? The Gemara is pointing out, he may have been poor, but he was no slouch. Machran, he sold them. The Chaniyah and he bought goats with that money. Okay? Because goats cost less to, than chickens to raise. They kind of just, you know, graze off your, your backyard. 
and you know he, when the owner would come back, he wouldn't need to charge him as much money. Pam achas of araisa adam shavu menatani gaim. This guy who had left the shikas behind came back to Rochina's house. You know, a while ago I left my chickens behind. Shomer of Chinina, Amar Loi, Yesh Lachav Hem Simon. You have any proof that it's yours? Any signs that it's yours? Amar Loi Hain, Nosan Simon. He proved that it was his. He gave a sign. Venata lasa izin. Rochina gave him the goats. Hain Hain Izim Das Yudai Bekan Hayu. These were the very goats that came home that evening with a dead beer on each of its horns, proving Reb Chanina's goats, who I guess weren't really his, were calling it his because he was the one who, who uh, brought it around through selling the eggs for the chickens and the chickens for the goats. But um, uh, this is how the story came about. Rebbe Lazar the Chikolei Milstu, Rebbe Lazar Ben was incredibly poor. Avad Milsa Back then, one of the most common medical procedures was to let blood. It was considered to be extremely healthy, allowed the body to regenerate itself. However, after letting blood, it's important, as anybody here who's had this chus, the merit of the mitzvah to donate blood, Okay. Um, afterwards, so they give you various foods that's good to replenish your energy. So Rabbi Lezben Pedas let blood. He needed it for medicinal purposes, but he had no food to help him recuperate. Shakal brought the suma. He took garlic, vishadi bhume, put in his mouth, chalash nim, and he fainted. Okay? It literally means chalash libe. His heart became weak, vinim, and he started to doze. But when you put it together, it means he fainted. Also, Rabban Rabbanon went to see how he's doing. They saw him fainted on the floor, and in his faint, he was crying, and smiling. And there was a, a um, ray of light. May apute that came out of his forehead. Ki itar when he awakened. Amrulei my time akavachas v'chayachas. Why were you crying and smiling? Amalu Dave Yosef imi akadosh baruch. In my dream, akadosh baruch was sitting with me. V'amrulei v'amrulei, and I said to the Ebrister at Mosai, it's tar by Alma. How much suffering do I need to go through in this world? This is why I was crying. The Yamali Allah Bini Inechalak Tahvil Al Mami Resha. He says, Listen, Allah, let me tell you something. If you want me to start the whole world over because of you, I could do that. Afshar de Mesyalta Bishaita de Mazaine. You know what? I could have had you been born with the mazel of wealth, of plenty of food. Maybe you would have been born at a different time with Mazel. Amrilikame, Kuli Haiva Afshar, I mean you're God. What do you mean it's possible? Uh, like it was a mistake? Like, what do you mean? If only you would have been born. Like, what does that mean? Amri Lei. Amri Lekamei. Kuli Hai Be'evshir. Amri Lei. Okay, so Allah's are still talking to the Rabbani Shalom. And he says, I said, Dechaye Tfei. Oi Dechayena. He wants to know if he's lived more than half his life yet. He says, I don't know when my time is up, but I want to know how many more years I have left. Okay? 
So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling him, if you want to be wealthy, I could do something about that, you know? But everything's got a trade-off, as we're going to see. So he says, well, how much time do I have left in this world? If it's not that much time anyway, I might as well just live with the circumstances, right? Instead of using up any sort of schar. Amar li, the chayis, you already lived your full life. Amri lekamei imkain lebeina. He says, if so, so I'll keep the status quo. Amar li, b'hai agra the amrit lebeina. Since you're saying that you 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 have a clear enough of a mind with your crisis that you're in, you're smart enough to realize that it's best to keep the status quo. Yahivna Allah Almadasi. I'm going to give you in Ilam Haba, Dinarasa, 13 rivers, Dimishcha, which you can anoint, a parsamine with balsam, Dachyon Kipras, which is so pure, it's like the, it, it's, it's like the, the Nahar Pras, the Euphrates River, Vidiglas, and the Diglas, the Tigris River. And you will enjoy them. This is what I'm going to give you in Ilam Haba. The amount of enjoyment, just for saying what you said. Amri lekamei hai vesulai. I don't understand. Nothing else. That's it. Uh, something. I do something good in this world, and you're promising me clean rivers full of balsam oil. Like, come on. Amar li ulechavrach mayehivnam says the rabbi shalaylam. Listen, very interesting. It's so fascinating. The same way. Planet Earth has a size, so too Gan Eden, as large, which is much, much larger than Earth, as we learned, also has a, it's, it's, it has a limit to its size. So if I give you too much, I need to make sure I have in reserves for others. So he says, I want... I only want Eilam Haba from somebody who's not Zaycha to end up with Eilam Haba. Okay? You hear this? You know what he's saying? He's saying a beautiful idea. This is something that we learn in the Mishnah and Sanhedrin, which is, call Yisrael Yeshtam Chelu Eilam Haba. Every Yid has a portion of Eilam Haba, but there are some Yidin that lose their portion. Says the Heiliger Rebbe Lazar Ben Pedas, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I appreciate your promise. However, I'm only willing to take from that which would not have gone to anybody else anyway. If it's from a chilek that's set aside for somebody who's just going to Gehenna, then I'm willing to have it. But if it's going to be going to somebody else that's coming to Elam Abba, I don't want their portion. Machyon ba'askulta apusai. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu was machyon ba'askulta apusai. Now, Rashi says that HaKadosh Baruch Hu took his finger and touched him on the face. I'm going to translate this just because of growing up in the environment that I did. I'm going to translate this as, it's not the little translation, HaKadosh Baruch Hu knipped him on the cheek. Yeah? It might hurt a little bit, but it's symbolic of love. Ah, yeah, zisakint. Yeah, you say uh, chubby cheeks, right? They gave him a knip on the cheek. Give him a little, uh, you know, touch. My beloved son, Elazar, giri bach giri, you know what you're doing. Okay? 
you know what you're doing. Meaning, the things you shoot are the same things that I shoot. We, we think alike. That's, uh, that's the explanation that Rabbi Lazar ben Fadas, after bloodletting, fainted, and he was crying, and then smiling. This was his explanation. First I was crying, and then once I had the explanation of the Rabbanishan, when I got the knip on the cheek, the little, uh, the little touch on the face, that's why I started smiling. Okay, here we go. Viter in Gemara. How precious to be able to give nachas to Rabbi Nishel. Can you imagine? Imagine if the Rabbi would have to either any of us, just a little word. Imagine you could talk to Rabbi Nishel and he says, he says, no, Rabbi Robert, Rabbi El, Rabbi Aaron, Rabbi Howard, Rabbi Jonathan, Rabbi Simcha, Rabbi Sam, Rabbi Jim. You know what you're doing. Imagine, imagine having that. Ah, that's a smile. Yeah, that's like, oh, Baruch Hashem. Like, what else do we want more than giving the Rabbi Nishel nachas? was Geyser a tainus. He declared a tainus by us Mitra. The rains didn't come. Amrulay, they said to him, Rabbi Shubham Levi, because he's a Basi Mitra. listen, your fast isn't working, but when Rabbi Shubham Levi does it, that works. They're putting the pressures on. Amar he says, Listen, well, what do you want from me? There's also the son of Levi, meaning. Levi. Levi is his father. He's got Chosovas. Amri Denise. So they said that he, they should bring him. Maybe you could break uh, the, the hearts of the of the Tibur to Asi Mitra, and the rain will come. So you don't only need a Davin, you need to have a broken heart. Right? Because Brahu is closest to those whose hearts are broken. Usually when we feel the Ebishter is the furthest is really when he's the closest. Boy They daven and it still didn't rain. Omar Lehu. Is it okay with you that we should use up our merits to have rain? Okay? Meaning he wanted to have the Tzibur include their Shusim more than just what he's gonna use up. He says Heavens, heavens, cover your face. The heavens for not listening. And once he told the heavens they're being chutzvedik, they stepped up to the plate and it started to rain. So another idea, another interesting zach, really a continuation of a previous message, which is every bracha in this world is a little bit of a trade-off to the next world. And here's the deep and important idea. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us a bracha with health, with a sound mind, right? The word ashir, wealthy person in Hebrew, is an acronym, ayin shin yudresh. You know who's wealthy? A person who has ayin, enayim, eyes, shinayim, teeth, yodayim, hands, raglayim, and legs. A person who has their health is wealthy. HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us a sound mind, Baruch Hashem. He gives us a healthy body. He gives us more than that. Baruch Hashem, we have food to eat. We're, we're, we have the schos of having a community, the, uh, the merit of learning Torah. When we have these blessings, it uses up schosim. So shouldn't we not want the bracha? Chas v'shalom. You know how it works? 
You know how it works? This is the beautiful symmetry of the Baruch Hashem. The Baruch is going to give you the bracha. And yes, there's a trade-off. But guess what? If you use the bracha properly, you'll get more shchus. When I give you your health and you use your health for me, I give you the finances, use your finances for me. I give you a sound mind and you use your, 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 your sound mind for me. I give you food and you use it for me, you'll get even more schosim. But everything ultimately has a trade-off. And when we have the trade-off, we need to make sure to reinvest it for greater dividends. Weiter, another story. Levi Gazer Tanisa. Levi declared a fast like Asim Mitchell didn't rain. You went up and you sit up in Shamayim. And you're not having Rachmanis. He says to Rabbi Shalom, you don't belong up in heaven. You, you, you're in our hearts. You're with us. And you know how you're acting, Kaviachal, so to speak. He says to Rabbi Shalom, you know, you're acting as if you're up in heaven, like you're not with us. Kaviachal feels like you distanced yourself. Listen to what happened. It started to rain, but Levi lost out. He became lame from there on forth. Because he spoke in such a stern way to the Rabbi Nishel. Now, the Gemara says, Omar Rabbi Lazar, an important message. First, he's very careful how he talked to Hashem. Because there was a Chashor person who threw his words up to heaven, the Itla, and he ended up becoming lame because he spoke sternly with the Rabbi Nishel. Umanu, and who was it? Levi. So you got to be careful. If there's Baruch who listened, you got to be careful. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. He became lame because he was stern in his conversation with Hashem. We know the story of Levi becoming lame is that he did this fancy schmancy bowing down in front of Rebbe, where you, you do like a kind of a, a push-up and with holding your body weight only on your thumbs, and then you shoot yourself back up into a full standing position, and that's what caused Levi to become lame. Says the Gemara, wrong. Here's how it works. Ha ha garmule, period. They both caused it. What does that mean? Because Levi was stern with the Rabbani Shleilam, the next time he put, Levi put himself into a position of danger by doing this kidah, that's when HaKadosh Baruch Hu made it look natural that he became lame, but really, it was due to a supernatural event of Levi being stern and the Rabbani Shalom bringing rain. Period. End of that story. Rabbi Chiyabar Lovyani Shaminu Lahanach Anane. Rabbi Chiyabar Lovyani heard these poor people. The Ka'amri, they were saying, Nesu come, Venisvi Maya, and give water, Be'amon Umoav. To Amon and Moab. Oh, I'm sorry. Now, I translated Anani as Aniam, poor people. No. He heard the clouds, Anonim. He heard the clouds talking to each other. Okay? What does that mean? He heard the clouds talking to each other? We know that everything in existence has a Malach, an angel that rules over it. And he heard the Kaychis, the powers of the clouds, having this conversation. We're going to give waters to Amon and Moab. Now, Amon and Moab are our cousins. Right? Because they are descendants of Lot, Avram's nephew. And he went around to all the other nations. And they didn't take it. Yeah. Here's, here's uh, my dad joke. 
What bracha did the nations of the world make when Hashem offered them the Torah? No tanks at Torah. All right. Baruch atah Hashem, no tanks at Torah. Okay. They said no tanks. We're not interested. Yeah? And we said, we'll take it. They don't want your Torah. They don't want the relationship. They don't want the, the, the most beautiful thing that you put into existence after humanity. And you're going to give them rain. Let the rain come to Klai Yisrael. And the rains turned around and they, the, the, the clouds turned around and brought rain to Eretz Yisrael. The same one who just had this conversation with Rabbi Shalom, he made a drusha. My dechsev was shot in the pasuk which says tzadik atamri yifarachkaras bavon in yiskeh. What a hilig pasuk, and from Tehillim, yeah, Tehillim tzadik based tzadik atamri yifarach. A tzadik will sprout like a tamar, like a date tree. Beautiful. Keres like a cedar balavonin in Lebanon yiskeh. We will shoot up. Imnamar tamar lamanamar eres. What are we a date tree or are we a cedar? And if it's a cedar, Why do you got to mention both? If we would only say that a tzaddik is like a tamar, like a date palm, and not like a cedar tree, I would have said, ma tamar, top of Amr Beis, just like a date palm, ein gizay machlif. Once, um, once you cut it down, it doesn't, it, uh, it doesn't grow further um, branches, you cut up a branch, doesn't cause new, new ones to grow. We'll say so too. When the tzaddik is, is cut down, when Rashi says, when the tzaddik dies, he's not going to grow back. He's not going to have Therefore, it says it's going to be like a cedar tree. A cedar tree, when you cut off the, the branches, the branches do grow back. Even Amaris would only compare it to a cedar tree, and leave out the date palm. You see, just because a cedar tree doesn't have fruit. So to a tzaddik, doesn't uh, is not going to receive the fruits of his labor. So it says tamar and eres. Why? Again, a tzaddik will sprout like a date palm, in that his fruits continue forever in this world and the next world, and he's also like a cedar tree in that at the time that a tzaddik is cut down from this world, when a tzaddik passes away, he will always. Regrow, he's going to be zeichet to come back at the time of tchias amisim. The eres gizay machlov says the does a cedar tree taka grow back its branches? But time when the rice like yachila mechaveri lakutz, a person davka purchases trees because he expects to cut them for lumber. Magbiyam in a karka tefach. Okay, you should always after cutting down the tree leave a tefach above ground. The kaitzitz, so that it can grow back. The sadan hamishka, when it comes to the uh, a type of tree called a sadan hamishka, shnei tvachim, two tvachim, b'tsula sashikma, a b'tsula sycamore, shleisha tvachim, b'karmi gufana. When it comes to vines and reeds, min haparak ulemala, then you min hapekak ulemala. Then you have to don't cut so low where you go be uh, lower than the lowest pekak. Now, a pekak we're familiar with in modern Hebrew is a plug, right? Or uh, you know, for taxi drivers, it's a traffic jam. Yesh pekak, 
Yeah, there's a traffic jam. Over here, it's referring to the parts of the lower part of the tree where the various part of the woods intertwine and kind of jam up with each other. So when it comes to um, con, when it comes to I'm sorry, um, yeah, kunim reeds, ugufanim, and vines, you should leave a, a above the lowest area where the the woods kind of knock into each other. And what about date palms and cedars? You could completely remove it because it doesn't, co- doesn't grow back. So ask the Gemara, you see that a cedar is just like a date palm where it doesn't grow back. And if that's the case, we're back to our question. Why are we comparing a tzaddik to a tamar and an eres? What does an eres add? That it grows back? No, it doesn't. We just said it doesn't. Answer the Gemara, what are we dealing with over here? Let me tell you, there's different types of cedar trees. There's really ten types of trees. We had this Gemara, I believe in Rosh as well, right? Where, what we're coming out with is, there's different types of cedar trees. Some cedar trees do grow back, some of them don't. And when it says, Tzadik Atomer Yivroch, Kerez Balavad and Yizgetz, referring to the Erez, which does grow back, hence a tzaddik is still like a cedar, he'll come back in the times of Tchiyas HaMesim. The rabbis learned, and so should we, remember, when there's no rain, we have three fasts, three fasts, and seven fasts, for a total of 13. Rabbi Eliezer had 13 fasts for his tzibur, and the rain stood still did not come down. And after the 13th fast, people are walking out of shul. Omar lahem, tikantem kvarim la'atzmechem. He says to everybody, listen, Chevra, there's no rain, there's a famine, we're all going to die. Go prepare your tachrichim. Go prepare your graves. Start digging. Go kolaam bibchir, and they all started sobbing. The yardu gushamim, and it started to rain. You hear what happens? Tefillah is not only about the words that we say; it's about the feeling that goes in. And what he was, his message, Rabbi Lezer's message to his kahila was: We just fasted thirteen times. We just davened thirteen days, and you know what? We obviously don't get the message. So it's game over. And that statement, where them realizing what's happening, is what brought them to Bechia, which what brought them to proper teshuva, and that's all the Rabbani Shalom want. And once they did teshuva, started pouring. Shuv Maiser Belezer Shiar Lefein Ateba. He was davening for the Amud. Bamar Esar Ba Brachas had 24 Brachas of Bishman Esri for Atainus. The late Nani wasn't answered. Rabbi Kiva Akhra, Rabbi Kiva went down. Right? only king we have. By the way, psh is a very yeshivish sound. Yeah? Psh. It's very, uh, I don't know, any other uh, group of people that psh at people. But, you know, that's what people do when you get an aliyah. And they want, they want to get you to smile. Psh, you know? So, 
Everybody said, Oh, Rebbe Leazar. Listen to what happened. Rebbe Kiva is not necessarily any greater than Rebbe Leazar. But I'll tell you why his tefillahs were answered. Listen to this. Rabbi Akiva forgoes. He forgives when people hurt him. And that Mida twists Hashem's arm, Kaviachal, to the point where Kaviachal Baruch Hu needs to answer that person's tefillah. And there's story after story after story. Currently, nowadays, this year, this week, this month, last year, and there's about people who are maver al midaisav and their tefillahs are nishmas right away. It's famous. It's very famous. Rechaim Kanievsky Shlita is very story after story where people can't have children, people need a Yeshua, and nothing's happening. And you know what he says? He says, there's the only eighth I could give you. The only thing I could tell you is go find somebody who's embarrassed, who gets embarrassed, Something happens to them, and they don't respond. They forego. Get a bracha from them. And there's story after story where people are purposely doing that. There was a, a guy who knew why he was doing it. There's a guy who was at a, a, embarrassed publicly, and he wanted to respond, and he's, instead of responding to the embarrassment, he looks up at Shemaim, he says, I'm not going to respond. In this chos, I'm going to forgo. In this chos, bring a child to my neighbor. Bring a salvation to this person, and boom. It's like you can take it to the bank. It's unbelievable. unbelievable. About the stories, but it's unbelievable. And that's the Gemara here is telling us. Rabbi Akiva, is he a greater person than Rabbi Eliezer? Says the Baskol, no. But he has this trick up his sleeve, so to speak. He's Maver Amidaisa. He forgoes, and therefore his Kayach take it to the bank. That's why he's answered. Tonar Rabban of the rabbis learned that's why they are rabbis. Al Masai Yiyu Agusham Yardim Matzibur Paiskim Etanisim. How much rain should start falling that you stop fasting? Right? We we know we fast when the rain doesn't come. What if the rain comes? At what point do we say that's enough rain and we should stop fasting? Says the Gemara. Says the Brisa. Kimloi Berach Hamacharisha. It has to go down the sides. The the size of a Berach Macharisha which is the, the blade of a plowing device. Divrei Rebbe Meir. This is the opinion of Rebbe Meir. It has to go down into the dried out earth, one tefach. As long as you have a tefach of depth that is now wet soil, then you stop davening. If you have a, a medium type of soil, not, it wasn't dried out originally, then it's it's two two tefachim ba'avuda, and if it's already work a worked over field which is a, which is needed for plowing shleisha tefachim. You need three tefachim of the soil to be wet. Tanya, we learned in a brisa. Rav Shimon Alazar says in the tefach nomala she'ain tohaim yaitzi lekrasai shleisha tefachim. You hear this? That every time you have a tefach that comes down from Shemayim, the water beneath the earth rises up three tefachim towards it. 
Elsewhere we learned it's two. Like Asher Khan Bavuda Khan Bishaina Avuda. Depends whether the, the land was plowed, whether the land was worked. Okay? Meaning if a land is plowed, then it's easier for the underwaters to come up and start to meet the upper waters. If it's dried out, then it takes more. When we would pour the water on the deep waters say to each other, bring forth your waters. Because I hear the sound of two friends. I hear the sound of two friends talking to each other. As it says, from one depth to another depth, they call out to each other that their rivers should keep flowing. Rabba says, I once saw Ridya. Ridya, Rashi tells us, is a malach who oversees the rain. And Ridya had the appearance of a young calf and there was a cut on his lip. Okay? He was standing between the upper waters and lower waters. And he was sitting there again. Ridya is there. And he's like hovering between the upper and lower waters. Shaped like a calf with a cut on his lip. And he says... Send down your waters. Bring forth. You see here from this story again that the two waters, the upper waters and the lower waters, both work in tandem. Period. Two dots. Okay. Gavaldik, we're now on the last thin line of Daf Chafei Amud Beis. They declared a fast day and the rain already started to come before sunrise of the fast day. You hear this? So there was a fast declared the day before. Everybody said by Mincha, oh, we're going to fast. We're gonna, we need water. The Mishnah says if it started to rain before the day started, then you don't fast. You, you don't make a full fast. But if it only started to rain during the daytime, then you're not allowed to break your fast. Okay. Tony Rabbon. The rabbis learned, and that's why they're rabbis. If they were fasting and the rain started to come before Netzach you don't complete it. Lachar Netzach Hama, Yisham, Ludiv, Rebbeir. says, you got to complete it. Rebbeir says, If it starts to rain before Chatzais, you can break your fast. If it's after Chatzais, then you still need to break your fast. Uh, you, that, then you need, need to complete your fast. It's not morning, it's not chatzais, it's nine hours into the day. If it starts raining before nine hours, then you can break your fast. If it's afterwards, then you need to complete your fast. He was fasting from the ninth hour uh, and and uh, later. Didn't you see? That Acha finally started to do tshuva, and he was lowering himself. Reviewed Messiah Gazer Tanisa, the Yardula Ham Gishamim, the Yardula Ham Gisham Lach Netzachama, and it started to rain after Netzachama. Sovar Lashlumenu, he said, "Oh, listen, 
we got to make sure we have a complete fast. We paskin like the, we paskin that it's not about the morning. We paskin that it is about chatzos, uh, which was the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda in this brisa. Shmuel Akotan God Ganiza. Shmuel Akotan Shmuel the humble one was Geizer a Tainus. He declared a Tainus. Where Adam Desham Kedem Netzacham and the rain started to come even before sunrise. Kisvurim Am Leimar Shavachai Shofzibur. Everybody said, Oh Baruch Hashem, what a Chashva Kehilla. What a great community we're part of. We're mamish before we even need to fast. It starts raining. Amar Lehem Shmuel Akotan says, I'm sure Chamosh will give you a parable. The Ma'ad over there, what's similar to Levish and Mavakish Prosper Rabbi, a servant who wants something from his master, Amar Lehem Tenuloi Val Eshma Koyle. He says, Don't get so into your zone. Because sometimes a servant wants to do something for a master, and the master says, you know what, just give it to him. I'm not interested in spending time with him. What Shmuel HaKotan is telling the community, don't be so excited when HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends the rain even before you fast. You know why? Because it's also a missed opportunity for a relationship. When we fast and we dive in, it's an opportunity to grow closer and closer to the Rebbein Shalom. And as much as we have the rain now, there's a missed opportunity. Because now we're not going to be zeichet to fast. We're not going to be zeichet to cry out today in this way. Shov Shmuel Hakotan Gozdanisa. Important message, by the way, as well. Um, not only for how the Rebbein Shalom gives us stuff, right? But to make sure that things are, are up to par. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends us brachas, sends blessing our way, make sure to not chas v'shalom, use it in a way where we're distancing ourselves from the Rebbein Shalom. And fakert, we use it where we say to Kaddish Baruch Hu, I'm going to take this bracha and use it lemancha. I'm going to use it for you. Shuv Shmuel Akotan Gaz Danisa. Shmuel Akotan was Geizer Atainus. We argued to Shem Lachas Shkias Achama, and it started to rain after sunset. Because we're a mom lemar shavuos dibur. Oh, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem. You see, it's a good tazach. It's a good thing. Now it didn't rain till the end. We were able to fast the whole day. Hashem loves us. He wanted to build that relationship. Make wait for them until they're bothered enough. Okay? So, either way, Shmuel says, you don't know for sure. If Hashem sends the rain early, you don't know for sure that it's because you're in good shape. If Hashem sends the rain, you don't know for sure it's in a good shape. Jewish guilt. What does that mean? You got to make sure. You got to make sure that whatever circumstance the Abraham sends you away, we use it as an opportunity to, to show Hashem we just want to be close to you. According to Shmuel, how do you know if you're a Choshiva community? It is. You know how you know if when you daven, everything comes the way it's supposed to be in the way that the Anshin Knesset Sagadayla set it up. Period. All right. Chevra, let's do one more. Uh, one more piece of gemara to finish off the daf. Let's go. It once happened. They declared a tainus in lud. Okay. Now, they said hallel and Rav Tarpin told him to go home. Says gemara v'neima hallel meikar. So why uh, why didn't he tell them to say hallel right away? Okay. Um, so what happened was is that there there was a tainus. The Mishnah says, Reb Tarfin told them, now go home to eat, and then come back, we're going to say hal. He says, why don't you say hal before you eat? And for the Gemara, by the rubber, Dami Tavayu, Lefisha, Ein, Aymrim, Halal, top of tomorrow's dav, Ella, Al Nefesh, Shneya, Vekerem, Eleya. 
when it comes to davening hal, you have to know how to daven. Some davenings are better when you're when you're famished and you're broken, and other types of tefillahs you need to have a full belly. You need to have a you need to be you need, mamish need to be feeling into it. And Tarfa knew that for halal you need to have a, a uh, you need to have eaten. Okay, you show up. Ah, I'm feeling great. It's not true. Rev. Papa went to the shul of Abi Goyver, he declared the and then he said halal, even though it started raining before Chatzois, and only then he said he won't. You see, halal should be said an empty stomach. And for the Gemara, Shani Yeah, they had a drinking problem. And since they had a drinking problem, they wouldn't be allowed to recite halal. He knew they're going to have a little bit of a kiddush club afterward. And Mamela says the Gemara, you got to use a shikladas. You have to know how to balance things out. Granted, halal is better off on a full stomach. But if you know your people, and you know that the type of people that, that, that you have in their culture and their society are going to be drinking alcohol, which is going to rule halal um, completely ineffective, at least for some of them, not all of them, but for some of them, then as a tzibor, as a group, it's better off to say halal on the empty stomach and only afterwards go home to eat. Hadron Allah Seder Tainus Elu. Hadron Allah Seder Tainus Elu. Hadron Allah Seder Tainus Elu. Mazdav to everybody who finished the third parak of Meseches Tainus. And Be'ezus Hashem, tomorrow we will begin the fourth and final parak of Meseches Tainus as we finish the home stretch. We got five more daf um, for, uh, for our Mesechta. Be'ezus will be zeichet to make a siyum uh, next week. Beginning of next week. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.